0: This week's quotes now, nearly 8.46 with Anjun Song of Graduate School of International Studies at Yonsei University. Good morning to you. Good morning. And we've got more in the whole North Korea saga, don't we? Um, And in the way that South Korea and the United States deal with Pyongyang. So here's a quote from presidential spokesperson Park Su-hyun, quoting the president himself, Moon Jae-in, to a group of US lawmakers visiting Seoul earlier this week. And uh, so this is the direct quote. I understand the US saying all options are on the table to pressure the North to give up its nuclear ambition. However, any military option, whatever extent it has, will lead to an armed conflict between the two Koreas. And this will threaten the lives of not only South Koreans, but also many foreigners and American soldiers stationed
1: here. There's a few bits and pieces to digest there. Yeah, something new here is like the President Moon Jae-in talk about the foreigners and the and the U.S. soldiers and living in Korea. I think it's, remember that I think Donald Trump talked about the you know, like he made a comment and previously saying, well, whatever happened would be there, right? You know, implying that South Korea is far away from U.S. territory, but you know that on the other hand, there's a uh, many Americans or including many, many uh, foreigners living in Korea, so there will be could be some international implication there.
0: Yes, um, it certainly broadens the conversation when we start talking about other nationalities and American soldiers stationed here. Um, but we already heard a few days earlier than that Steve Bannon now ex-White House chief strategist, saying uh, in an interview with the American prospects, Robert Kuttner, there's no military solution, forget it. Until somebody solves the part of the equation that shows me that 10 million people in Seoul don't die in the first 30 minutes from conventional weapons, I don't know what you're talking about. There's no military solution here. They got us. Now, the rights and wrongs of Steve Bannon's comments the rights and wrongs of his position and relationship with Donald Trump, all that to one side. What he's saying has more than an air of truth about
1: it. And one can easily imagine that being the actual position in Washington, right? Yeah, I think there's something uh, missing here in, the, in this picture. Uh, from the beginning, I was watching, what, what is really going on here? What is really the issue? I think they are, everybody talk about military options especially at U.S. You know, lawmakers, even the Donald Trump talk about the military option. All options on the table, but is it really the option in military? Uh, I don't personally. I don't think there's a actually military option because it's like what you know, you know, Bannon said. You know, there will be some, so much casualty whatever happened in armed conflict situation in South Korea. And plus, is that really is is that everybody telling the whole truth? I think that's a question. Like for example, North Korea, do they actually achieve that technology to precisely precisely you know hit the target on your know, long distance that's questionable i think it's a very easy way for them to prove it or disprove my argument and they can perhaps I can tell next time launching the missile, what will, will hit, you know, what, you know, what location of what, whatever. And we will watching the satellite and celebrate <laughs> that they're actually hitting. But I, frankly speaking, personally, I do not think they have achieved that technology. And U.S. government know, knew that from the beginning they didn't have it yet. However, on the other hand, perhaps U.S. government is not telling the whole truth to the you know, to Korean public or the other international you know, community. Perhaps their missile de- uh, defense missile system is not perfect. You know what I mean? Their, their accuracy or the, you know, the, the way they're precisely hitting the target, maybe it's not as precise as they, what they well, you know, claimed.
0: We have definitely seen calls, haven't we, within the US from officials saying that they need to have now a new generation of missile defense mm-hmm. to deal with escalating threats. Because whether North Korea is there or not now,
1: with the passage of time, they're only going to get better, right? And plus they can launch several at the same time. Mm. That's a different issue, right? You have to get you know multiple targets at the same time. There's really more coordination, right?
0: I and mean, we also had a quote from North Korea state media yesterday. It was uh, Kim Jong-un ordering more warhead tips mm-hmm. and asking for more um, solid fuel rocket engines to be produced too. So take that as we like but that, that seems to be an indication of what we already suspected, that they are going to be looking to
1: build up their arsenal. Yeah, actually, another quick comment about the, what the Bannon said about the conventional weapon. Mm-hmm. It took about half an hour, they'd be, you know, there was 10,000 casualties. Actually, personally, I disagree. Because yeah. that, you know, if you see what happened in North Korea's last 40 years, maybe even 60 years, right after the Korean War, they have not updated their system. Yeah. So there are, I, I, I'm curious about how efficient how how much they can really run change yeah. Because I heard that there's a rumor, actually. And and they say at least the 50% of their conventional weapon is not working condition.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've i also heard similar rumors. And when I said air of truth, that was the main part of the comment that mm. I would have thought was exaggerated. But the, the thing is, it's still an unacceptable risk for us here in Seoul. Right, right. I, I wouldn't really want to be sitting close to my... Um, well, in my home, for example, very close to the defense ministry here and uh, the Yongsan Army base. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you, near, you know, right? No matter how accurate North Korea's long-range missiles are, it wouldn't be a comfortable place to be right, right, would it that's true, right. if war was to break out. But, um, you know, nevertheless, coming back just before we move on to our next issue to this question uh, of what President Moon was saying, it draws on a theme that you and I, I think, have been building up, which is whether leaders need to be so transparent. And Donald Trump himself touched on this in the last few days. He said, we don't need to tell our enemies a timeline. We don't need to tell them when we're going to attack, but attack we will. Now, again, whatever your feelings on Donald Trump are, put them aside. There's also something commendable there in the sense that if you are a president or a military leader, when it comes to military drills and capabilities, you might think it's good to to give the public some comfort, but at the same time, you're giving the enemies too much information.
1: It's a very interesting comment because the uh, I remember that Donald Trump made a comment about very similar situation, saying he say he's he called himself you know you know chess player. So now you know you said basically my saying was that I don't want to you know, let the other side know what I'm next move, right? Basically, but this situation is quite different from what he used to say, right? So I guess that. This is more international politics. It's multilateral negotiation. It's, much, it's quite different from the bilateral business negotiation, which you can have a, some bargaining power. It mm-hmm. you know, depends on who you are. And plus, there's very clear the, the goal of the negotiation. But this time it's very complicated because the Chinese government issue and Russian yeah. and even Japanese, right and right. That's so much complicated deal. I guess that's why I think the Trump having the problem get adjusting himself to the multilateral negotiation setting. Which is very complicated.
0: All, all these public comments, though, they do look very much like small dogs barking. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and I'm not really sure if it's aimed at anything other than sending threats to the opposition and or sending messages to the public. Um, let's get to our next quote. This is uh, on a completely different subject, um, looking at, trade relations with the United States. And Trade Minister Kim Hyung chong was talking to reporters after the completion of a special session this week. Doesn't look like Seoul and Washington have made much progress. We know the US is looking at trying to amend the free trade agreement. So this is what uh, Mr Kim had to say. Through the special session, the two countries found out that there are differing views on issues such as the effect of the FTA, the cause of the U.S. trade deficit, and whether the course FTA should be revised, I can tell you that the two delegations did not reach any agreement in this special session. Again, that's giving the public a lot of
1: information, and at the same time, probably sending a message to the U.S., right? Yeah, actually, we talked about this issue before. I think before I, we talk about his... Uh before he left to WTO, we may talk about the comment here. And I, I think I remember I talking to you that he would be a little bit disappointed after he got the job <laughs> because I don't think there's much thing to negotiate for U.S. Korea U.S. FTA issue. And plus, they're not ready. Neither side is ready for it. And even the U.S. trade representative, you know, and did not come because he's busy with you know negotiation with NAFTA. So he didn't even show up to have a video conference half hour. And then even the minister Kim left the, you know, Lotte Hotel after video conference. They didn't even there. So, I mean, mean, the chief, the leader chief isn't there. So, they're just talking about, you know, and the key point is, they didn't even set up schedule for next meeting. I mean, if I was
0: a South Korean representative there, speaking privately, (laughs) not necessarily publicly, I'd be like, come on, you got NAFTA, you got far bigger Trade issues with China to resolve. uh, Why do we have to have this focus on South Korea now at a time when we've got security issues and public scrutiny to deal with? It seems like an unnecessary complication right now. But I mean, but that's
1: what. Donald Trump say what he will do, right? Well, it's a campaign, right? <laughs> it's the chess player again.
0: <laughs> My experience: people who describe themselves as good chess players are probably not good chess players. By the way,
1: yeah, well, right. But, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but but seriously, where where do you think we're going to go with this? Not far. The trade issue, not far. I don't think so. Not even an uh,
1: amendment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd be very surprised if we, they reach any really substantive amendment at the end because that I remember the uh, I have the negotiated with Korea Japan FTA negotiation and there's nothing happened because that they don't sh- people don't show up. And then I'm prepared. Same thing happened here. Well, Donald Trump has
0: set his stall out. He's going to at least need to
1: wave a pawn around or something as a uh, as a victory. Maybe uh, pick up the big guy. I mean, not the small guy. I mean, maybe for China. I mean, there will be a trade war with China, right?
0: Yeah. Um, thank you very much, Professor An. Always good to have you here in the studio. okay right, thank you. And. Always good to hear this week's quotes with Anjun Song, Graduate School of International Studies at Yonsei University. And that's our programme for today. This morning, we'll be back tomorrow at 7.05. Already, it's Friday tomorrow. Where does the time go? Uh, CareerScape maybe can answer that, uh, as well as lots of other areas of interest with Kurd coming up next. Before that, your latest news headlines.